0: Welcome back, everyone, to the Yacht Rock Podcast out of the main. Notice I didn't say Yacht Rock Podcast. No, we're back to yacht. The tournament is over. is over. Boy, that was exciting. Controversial. Controversial. Deeply controversial. But today we are going to go into geeky yacht rockdom, I think. Today? Remember? Yeah, like the periodic table of yacht. Yes, we're going to discuss an element. One of the major elements. Do you yes. remember one of our very first episodes was uh, we, we kind of riffed off uh, Rick Beato's bit and said, what makes this yeah. yacht rock What's so great? Was it made of or something like that? Well, that, that yeah. what we did, how was it made? Yeah, and that's This right. is what makes this yacht rock so great. Right. And we kind of identified little elements. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one that we hit on, but we think we do a little deeper dive on, is this idea of a halftime shuffle. Well,
1: we did also talk about doing this, and then we got, almost at the same time, we got some uh, viewer mail, as you like to call it, that somebody wanted to know some details about the halftime shuffle. That was listener Gregory. Yep. um, Said he had uh, some difficulty always identifying it and just kind of wanted us to break it down a little for him. So that gave us the idea, well, why not do a whole
0: episode on it? Yep. That is the Yacht Rock Podcast out of the main resident. Numbers cruncher on the Yahtzee scale. That's right. I gave him some more homework. (laughs) Yeah. And he's put together a darn near good calculator. calculator. We're going to come back to that. Yeah. Yeah. But the question was, you know, he kind of understood at its core what the halftime shuffle meant, but he was having a hard time picking it out. Right. In identifying, is this the halftime shuffle? Is that not? And so sometimes I think as uh, musicians, you you take things for granted that everyone's following along at home. (laughs) And so maybe we should. I'm sure I'm going to learn a little something today. And we're going to talk about, we're going to get lost in the shuffle. Oh, (laughs) ding, ding. Yes. Nice. But before we get to the halftime shuffle, should we talk about how we got to the halftime shuffle, which is just a plain old shuffle? Yeah, a little history
1: of it the The concept of a shuffle, which we'll break down what that means, but it's drawn from, I, I would say, probably from the swing era. Which then, out of the swing era, a couple of different things happened: the blues happened, and uh, gradually into rock and roll. But the the swing m- pattern that everybody knows and anyone can identify with is that hi hat pattern that goes. Sounds
0: like it's a shuffle
1: along. That galloping nature is what makes a shuffle. Now, in a swing, that's whereas a shuffle takes it and adds an additional ding, 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 ding. You're a very accomplished beatboxer, by the way. Yeah, thank you. So that 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 became sort of the drum beat of some of the early blues stuff. A lot of it is because. They were jazz musicians that were then delving into blues. A lot of the drummers were jazz drummers. The same was true with the early days of rock and roll. Mm-hmm. The early rock and roll stuff, like the Chuck Berry stuff, the drummers had previously been jazz drummers. So their default was to go back to some sort of ding, 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 ding feel. Mm-hmm. And I remember learning at school a study about Ch- um, not Chubby Checker, um, That's, Chuck Berry. Okay, Chuck Berry. That. It was, what made his stuff feel so unique and that people often didn't get unless you really microanalyze it and people that tried to cover it later was that when Chuck was playing his guitar riffs, he was playing straight A's. You know, very straight. But the drummer still had that swing nature. So he's still swinging a little bit. So you've got these two things tugging against each other. Some players playing straight, others playing with a little bit of swing to them.
0: And that created the uniqueness of the feel of that Chuck Berry Era 50s rock and roll. Yeah, and to me, sometimes that feels obviously it was novel at the time, but to me, it feels now a little stale. You know, how I, I have yeah. talked about whether we quote, you know, like or dislike the shuffle. Right. Not crazy about it myself. I'm not either. And I don't know what Jeff it Recaro,
1: is. the king of the, the shuffle, was always said. I, man, I suck at playing shuffles. Yeah. But, but that shuffle's different than. The halftime shuffle. That is is what we're going to talk about today. So, starting with the the regular shuffle, Mm -hmm. I I think the most obvious example to go to is named as as such. So that would be Bob Skaggs' Leto (laughs) Shuffle.
0: You cheated because it was in the name, though, so you knew it was well, a shuffle. I had to be sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. So that, that that's a perfect example of the shuffle. That I'm like, eh. yeah. Right. It, it,
1: but you can you can hear that dump a bump a bump a bump a bump a bump kind of thing going sure. on in yep. there. Mm-hmm. And um, here, let's we'll quickly go through a couple other good examples of shuffle. And I got Donald Fagan's IGY. Here's Johnny Mathis, Simple. Now as we uh, slow it down a little bit, we got uh, Things We Do For Love. 10cc. Too many broken hearts have fallen in the river. Too many lonely sides have dripped out to sea. But in all cases, they're basing it on this doom,
0: da, da, doom. Feel so uh, that should sound familiar. All of those songs in the yes. same kind of beat. So, so with are you with the so far, Gregory? Uh,
1: yes. <laughs> are you are we with the so far? Yep. Got to play uh, life in the fast lane. There, that's right. right exactly. Uh, Not a shuffle. So, what? How does that pertain to a halftime shuffle? Which is the yacht rock? Deal, which is the main yacht rock deal? Sometimes people call it the Purdy shuffle because Bernard Purdy is often credited with. Probably developing it Certainly perfecting it Others came along afterwards Learning from Purdy But most of it goes back In most people's minds To Bernard Purdy mm-hmm. Now how does it How does it connect To a regular shuffle I uh, programmed out a beat here With some drums and congas To give it a feel And I'm going to play this for you This is going to start As just a regular shuffle Much like what we heard In Lido Shuffle And these other examples Roll it So now if we drop out the kick and the snare and we just let the hi-hat continue, you can hear that galloping nature. Now we are going to add back in the kick and the snare, but we're going to bring them back in at half the tempo of what they were playing before, thus half-time shuffle, and that sounds like this.
0: Pretty sneaky, sis. Yes. I see what you did there. Yes. So that is the half time, That's, as you said, right? Right. So it's not the full time. You're the take, stuff on top, the hi-hat and the congas stays the same. It's yep. the kick and snare that goes into half tempo. And now that gives it the groove. That's yes. Now we're feeling Yachty. Yes. Cheating with the congas, but hey, Yachty nonetheless. That's less. right. Well, I had to sell it. had right. to sell it. Right. But there's, there's a
1: lot of variation in the way different drummers will play a shuffle. Mm-hmm. Because... Rarely does anybody play it full-on, rigid, halftime shuffle as I presented it here. Because, I mean, we're human beings. We Everyone's got a different sense of feel. So in, in the halftime shuffle nature, what makes it feel like a shuffle is that the little notes in between are equidistant. So a 16th notes are one sixteenth of the measure mm-hmm. or, you know, a quarter... So they're all equidistant. It gives you that very straight feel, which sounds like this. Now, to begin to shuffle, we take every other 16th note. So the second, the fourth. All the ones. yes. I got that. And we gradually start moving them a little bit later. The further and further later we push them, the more we start to get that galloping effect and we start to feel the shuffle. So they're not right on that
0: 16th marker. No. It's a
1: little bit behind. They start moving. And I think there's a certain, even when a regular drummer's trying to play straight, I think by nature they probably don't play perfectly. Right. They each have their own sort of feel. And some of that is accomplished with loud and quiet, too. Hmm. You can play something straight and have every other note be loud, quiet, loud, quiet, loud, quiet. And that'll give you a sense of groove, even if the notes are equal. Yeah. So the velocities, how loud you're playing these notes matter But as we take those every other 16th notes And gradually move them later You'll see in these illustrations I have coming That the further we get later and later and later The more you start to feel a sense of this groove That we know as the halftime shuffle So again, here it is, straight beat Now we're going to move them just a little bit. This would be like a ten percent of a shuffle. See, I feel a little mojo, but not. It's not really bouncing yet. Right? So when
0: you say ten percent, you're moving them ten percent off of that sixteenth marker, say.
1: Yes, later. Okay. Later. Right. So ten 10% percent, full hundred percent would equate to a full shuffle. So now I'm just going ten percent of the way, just gotcha. a little, you know, just a few ticks is what mm-hmm. that amounts. And you can to. feel. You start to feel the difference. Here's twenty five percent. Now this is starting to feel like something that's getting a little funkier. That's probably a 35 or 40 on the Yahtzee so? scale. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're right. We're that getting closer. Quite, that would not quite. Here's 50%. Now you're starting to get a sense of it, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It feels very, uh, very yachty. 75% now is where you really start to feel it. Now that feels like Picaro could be playing that. You know, if you go all the way, though. 100% as we said no drummer really plays it as a full on 100% shuffle you could tell that it starts to get stiff feeling so here's 100% It starts to feel a bit rigid right yeah yep. um you know, i've programmed these for my own stuff for page 99 mm-hmm. and i have found the magic spot for my feel which i try to resemble off of Jeff Percaro's feel is at 83%. And I know that sounds nerdy, but here's what 83% sounds like.
0: That definitely sounds like... I'd like to hear 81 and 83, though, if we could...
1: No? I don't know if you'd know the difference. <laughs> okay. But, yeah, so, <laughs>
0: if I just to say yeah. somewhere closer to 75 than 100, but in that range, E3 yeah. is a good spot. And sweet I think spot. different drummers are probably going to do different. That, those
1: were the numbers that, that I chose. The point being is that 100% is too far, and probably down
0: at 50% isn't far enough for it to give you that feel of a shuffle. So, and just to be clear, the, the drummers aren't necessarily locking in 75% in their head, right? They're just going for a feel. 75% is something you could do as a programmer. As a say, programmer. This is the exact amount of, say, what, quantization yeah. and volume control on right. the notes. And some of it's going to be tempo-based,
1: too. Mm-hmm. I think the slower they go, maybe the more they, they can shuffle, the faster it gets. Who knows? It, it's, right. it's, all based, it's probably based on also uh, the people that they're playing with.
0: Because mm-hmm. everybody's going to respond to that or to each other. Well, that's, yeah, that's interesting because you, that lays down a, an essential groove, that essential element, and then the band plays off of that in a lot of different ways. Yeah, because the bass line is attempting to lock in with the kick drum, which well, is going to be part of the shuffle, right? I always make the joke that it's doom, doom, doom or something like that, where right. it's like that doom that little pulse of that's, the heartbeat. That's the one. That accentuates it. And says, it. now we're shuffling. Right. And we always joke, too, you can't have a, a bass line on count two. So it's one. Blank. Do-doom. Blank. Yes. One. Even sometimes four, there's not one either. either. It's true. Yeah. And that that accentuates not
1: just the shuffle, but also the halftime nature of it. Yep. Right. Uh, And we we are constantly pointing out the palm-muted plucky guitars. Yep. And it's funny that you joke about the congas in my example. (laughs) Because to me, the guitars, those plucky guitars, are doing kind of what congas do. They're almost like uh, a percussive instrument. They're... In a lot of ways, they are a tonal conga
0: part in yeah. a lot of ways. You know what I mean? Well, we should maybe unpack that, too, just for the people who aren't musical geeks. So when you say palm mute, maybe it's obvious. Mm-hmm. And the yacht rockers know it when they hear it. But the guitar player on his right hand, the one with the pick in it, yes, literally has the palm of his hand resting on the string. So when you pluck it, it can't ring out. It has to just go tick. Right. It's almost You almost don't even hear the note. You do, but it's like you definitely hear the attack and
1: depending on how muted it is, you hear a little of the note or, you know, and that's that's an art in and of itself. Oh, yeah. It's not just you rest your hand there and you start playing along. You're lifting it, you're moving it back and forth just to... Ever so minusculely allow some notes to ring out more than others. Mm-hmm. It, there's such an art in doing that, and it is so finesse oriented. It's it, a lot of guitar oh. players try to pick that up, and they're like,
0: mm, "That's yeah. not as easy as it sounds." No,
1: because you know a lot of rock guitarists that are love the you know the big power chords and all that. Yeah. They kind of look at that stuff as maybe wimpy guitar right. until they try to do it.
0: Well, we know someone who did it very well who was not a wimpy guitarist by the name of Steve Lukather. In yeah. others, yes. But um, but it's interesting because the guitar sometimes there becomes almost like a percussion instrument because it's like... Right. it's, it's That's more, why I liken it to congas in a Exactly, way. yeah. And that really does give the right... So we're going to listen to some in a, in a while. But it, the, and each of those guitarists are going to have
1: a different approach take on it, to yeah. how they do it. And, and it goes back a lot to why did Becker and Fagan like when they were making Asia, why did they bring in whole different bands? Mm. Because... When you get these people together, a drummer that shuffles a certain way, a guitar player that is going to be playing one of those plucky parts is going to respond to how the drummer is doing it in real time. And perhaps as he, the guitar player is responding and playing a part that's plucky, that may then in turn re-invigorate the drummer to do a slight variation on his shuffle. So, And then you add the bass player into that; that. All of that stuff is done where it's constantly respond to each other to each other it's not just the drummers laying down this i'm playing my beat this is the way i play my beat all the time all you guys just tag along right he's responding to what else is going on and it's like a three or four way thing that's happening
0: i think well you say three because i think those three elements those the, are the main ones yeah those combine to just create the magic and then you, something you said has triggered a thought in my head is that you know going back to a straight beat not even a shuffle but a straight beat the, the fills that a drummer might do, because of the, they're you know, playing off a of bass player who's just playing straight, and maybe guitar players just chugging along, and then the fills end up being fairly basic. Now when you're in a shuffle mode, the fills become way more interesting. Yeah, because fills,
1: the, the, the essence of a shuffle is based off of going back to the original, the swing thing. It's based off of the the feel of a triplet. Mm-hmm. Remember, we go one, two, three, four, five, six, one, two, three, four, five, six. And if you remove the what was it, the two and the five, you get one, three, four, six, one, three, four, six, one, mm-hmm. three, four, six, one, two, three, four, five, six, one, three, four, six, one. There's your shot. I was phone, told there were be right? on no math, but That's you keep right.
0: doing it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> but so because it's triplet based as opposed to like you say, a straight beat, mm-hmm. then now you've got this this feel where you can add these triplet figures into your fills. Yes, so it's a it's just it's a different
0: different concept, and not to get too deep, but then I feel like that opens up interesting space for horn hits to come in. Yeah, because it's creating all this like back and forth tension, and then you can bam boom and just yep. hit it. So yeah, it moves their syncopation points to different. Yes, because
1: you, you've moved all of those, like we said, those sixteenth notes later. So anything that's hitting on those syncopation points is also being moved later. So the horns now end up at
0: a different spot cool imagine it's almost like we always laugh retroactively like they were trying to create yacht rock Mm -hmm. they didn't have a name for it but it's like these people were coming together creating this thing that really hadn't been done before not in this way Mm -mm. right and Mm -mm. then Mm -mm. now we look back at it and we can identify it and i could hear when there's a a halftime shuffle the bass as we've described it and palm muted plucky guitars i'm like that is pure uncut street yacht rock. Yes, that you can't you know. Get it goes in any back to genre. the
1: idea that there's so much jazz influence. So we talked about the shuffle and the origins of the shuffle and how that eventually became the halftime shuffle and that it all started because of the sensibility of a jazz drummer starting to move into pop rock and blues. So we still got the jazz drummer thing mm. happening with the halftime shuffle this
0: many years later in the quote yacht rock mm-hmm. era. And I think even if you don't know all of the technical things that we just went through, you can f- feel it, right? It's like this is, I think, what the Yacht Rock Miami guys call just smooth. Yeah. It's that smooth. And it's it's also interesting, which I'm going to come back to in the lightning round, is that it set the stage for – not it didn't back then, but it sets the stage now for slower, quote-unquote, too slow to disco music, even if it doesn't have the shuffle and even if it's not technically halftime. A medium tempo groove feels mm-hmm. so right for yacht rock, and, mm-hmm. but wouldn't be for hard rock, and it wouldn't be for R and B. It's not for disco. That's what yacht rock is, and I think a lot of that comes from the fact that it's got its roots in the halftime shuffle. I would agree with
1: that. Yeah. I would agree, and that there that there's you know again that jazz sensibility to the to the drumming and stuff mm-hmm. that that brings in so much more nuance than banging out boom bap boom bap, you know.
0: A boom-pa-pop, a boom-pa-pop, a boom-pa-pop. A boom, a <laughs>
1: Well, we could look at um, how a few of the legendary drummers that we all know, how they, their own particular feel
0: based on the halftime shuffle. So what do you think of that? Yeah, and I'm also interested to go back to what you said when you pair certain people up, like you mentioned the recording of Asia. Yeah. You pair certain people up, and it could be the same musicians, but when they're in different pairings or the different mix and matches, different sounds come out, which is interesting. Definitely. Start uh, Let's start with Steve Gadd. So I think one of the...
1: Central songs of Yacht Rock as it relates to the halftime shuffles. We're going to go to Al Jarreau, We're In This Love Together. So there you got Steve Gadd together. on yep. drums doing his halftime shuffle. Lukather on guitar. hmm So there's the pluckies coming from there. Oh, yeah. Interesting moment in this song. I'm going to drop in here. If we jump ahead to almost to the fade out, remember the old save something cool for the fade out? Going Jump into about just about almost three minutes and 10 seconds or so. They're shuffling along, and Steve Gad just pulls out this cool fill, going back to what you're saying, and suddenly for just the fill, it goes totally straight. Check it out. Oh, yeah. What a nugget.
0: Yeah, so, so now cool. that's a straight like fill, but now it feels syncopated because the rest of the song's already been so
1: yeah. syncopated. Following along with that synth part. So cool. Yep, that's cool. So All let's right. compare that to another Giro tune. It almost has the exact same feel, but this time it's Percaro on drums and Jay Graydon on mm. guitar, and that's morning.
0: Not exactly the palm mutes there, though. He's kind of strumming a little snappier, a little, a little snappier mm-hmm. multi-string, I'm hearing. Yes, right. definitely. Yep.
1: yep. And that is, well, great. And there you go. So we've got two different guitar players kind of doing the same bit, but different sensibility on it. Interesting. Yeah.
0: Both. That's They're both pure uncut yacht rock, though.
1: Yep. And here's one more. This now, we're going to go back to Steve Gadd, okay. since we're kind of focusing on him. And here he is with Dean Parks on Bill Bounty's Living It Up. I've been So there's three different ones, uh, combinations. Interesting. Um, And obviously, Percaro, Jeff Percaro, is considered by many the king of it, even though he's not the originator.
0: The king of the halftime shuffle? Yeah. Yeah. Rosanna is kind of the definitive one, right? Yep. Um, Stick a pin in that, because he borrowed from another, the master or the originator. Yes, right? he of yes, he did. Oh, yes, he did. The halftime shuffle. Or at least the Purdy shuffle. Who was that? That was Bernard Purdy. Of oh, course. That's yeah, why they yeah. call it that. Well, you know,
1: on, uh, we're going to play this one. I'm going to drop in a little bit of these chains because this is the one time Jeff says that he actually played the Purdy shuffle as opposed to his own variation.
0: Interesting. Can we just play, it's not Yacht at all, but Fool in the Rain by John Bonham. Okay.
1: And Bonham's, he he, he was definitely doing the Purdy Shuffle. Yep. But, obviously, Bonham's own pounding sensibility. Don't do any wonder what would that have sounded like. If he, you know, that's a big open kit. Yeah. Big room sound. Put him on a tight kit in a dry room playing that.
0: What would it sound like? The whole song would have sounded differently. It yeah. would have sounded like. Yeah, but I wonder rock if it would have
1: sounded. Yeah, I wonder yeah. if he would would have sounded. You know, more like Purdy.
0: Yeah, he's well, doing all the ghosting and all
1: the all the little notes in between. He's got well. Isn't it.
0: that a good then segue? I mean, we'll go to Purdy and then we'll end up at Rosanna because that's sort of the the life cycle of how we get to Rosanna. But we do. Should we do Purdy next? Yep. So uh, Purdy. Let's go to. What else? Your favorite? Babylon Sisters. Babylon Sisters. Shake it. Babylon Sisters. Shake
1: it. And another one that he's well known for his home at last. Mm-hmm.
0: That one does sound like that. These changed to Yeah, definitely. So that's the that is the Purdy Shuffle. That is the definitive right there. Yep. And supposedly quite a bit of shuffle in it, by the way. That feels like very shuffling. Yeah, but it's a lot slower too. Yep. That's true. And I
1: think that Babylon Sisters as well, being that much slower, it's it can be shuffled a little harder and not feel rigid. Uh but yeah, Percaro has often said that his Rosanna beat is a combination of the purdy shuffle. John Bonham's Fool in the Rain with a what he calls a bow diddly uh, pattern in the kick drum. In the kick drum,
0: yeah. yeah. Well, let's hear that one. Then. I guess I, maybe you've biased me over the years, but I just love the Picaro shuffle. Whatever that is, if it doesn't have a name. Just the yeah. way he does it is so good. Feel, you know, I— you, you can break it down like this
1: scientifically all you want, but there's so much other nuance into, as I call those ghost notes, the little taps on the hat and the snare in between the beats. How hard is he hitting the snare versus the ghosts, the hi-hat? How hard is he hitting the downbeats versus the offbeats? You know, there's so much there
0: that you can't just boil down to numbers. Yeah. Well, I think, like, when we had um, Bill Schnee on, and other people, I think, have described Picaro as being, I think he's like a perfectionist and a technician like, pure hardcore. Yeah. But he's also got a ton of feel. Yeah. If you put those two together. Usually you don't get one or both of those. You get one or the other. You, Correct. He's both. Yeah. And, and, and he, he will also, that attributes
1: to his feels, he intentionally plays his snare drum a little behind the beat. People talk about being ahead of the beat, on the beat, or behind the beat. He generally plays kick and hats and all that stuff right on what would be the click. Mm-hmm. And the snare is flammed ever so slightly late each time, which is what gives his feel just a certain amount of drag or
0: something Mm -hmm. that gives it that mojo you know which goes back to earlier when you were showing us the 10 percent the 25 percent the 50 percent. i swear the tempo feels like it was getting slower as you pulled some of those 16th notes back but it wasn't the same tempo the whole time Same tempo the whole time goes back to what you just said in terms of an effective shuffle will have a certain drag to it that doesn't mean it's like slowing it down but it's just kind of mellowing it or something it, or yeah. yachtifying it's the best word I can and use for
1: and smooth yeah. yeah
0: I don't know why
1: it you know I think maybe going back to that human beings are not necessarily comfortable with something that's straight and perfect mm. And, you know, maybe drum machines... I mean, when drum machines were used at their best in the 80s, they were used as a tool to sound very robotic and mechanical, thinking of bands like Yaz, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, Depeche Mode. Yeah, that was the intent... uh, uh, Human League, the intent was to sound non-human. That's when they were at their best. Mm -hmm. Right. But that gave you that sense of discomfort. It's part of the reason why that music felt dark or felt cold. Yep. So the opposite then must be true that when you have real people playing the more and more mojo they add to it, the warmer and smoother and nicer it's going to feel.
0: Especially if they're recording the session, like, you know, a live session together as opposed to just layering tracks.
1: You know, going back, we were talking about how they feed off of each other too. Hmm. I think that some of that got lost over time as recording gradually moved towards, well, I just need to get a good sounding drum track and then I'll add all the parts in later.
0: Mm -hmm. And a lot of the
1: yacht was done that way after the fact. But I think that... But they recorded it as a band. They didn't record it as a drum track. Sometimes, yeah, like Toto, they said a lot of their tunes. They did some as a band, but a lot of their tunes were put together by just Jeff Porcaro hmm. and David Page alone in the studio, drums and piano, and then everybody else would add huh. their parts later. Interesting. But going back to the Steely Dan thing, the Steely Dan thing, they. And Asia and before, they wanted full band performances. Yeah, right. It was only as we started to migrate away from that that some of the sterility started to
0: gradually leak in over time. Mm-hmm. Well, that's because we love Picard a bunch. Give us a couple other examples of some awesome shuffles. I got one for you. Okay. Bill of Bounty. Yes. Dream on. Yes.
1: Yeah, and even though uh, we talked about maybe not playing it because it's a lot faster, JoJo from Boz Gags is a faster version, but it's still got that same sense. Yep. Uh, Rick Murata though, he's another guy that that often gets overlooked, and Rick Murata, he hasn't played the halftime shuffle a lot, but I went looking around on some of the drum forms, and they pointed me to a James Taylor track that's pretty killer with Rick Murata, halftime shuffle, hard times. (laughs)
0: We've seen some hard times. Time. So that's not a run DMC cover, because that no. came before. That's, yes. but they, are- they may have sampled that, but <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, it, but see, we're getting James Taylor on the boat by yep, Hook or by Crook, somehow, by Captain Hook. Rick Murata. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, well, that's that's who did it, Right. Cool. Well, there was one other song, too, I'll never come to be, but there was one time where I swore I was hearing Jeff Picaro, looked it up, and it ended up being Rick Rada. So I was. Yeah, he, he mixes in there. And John Robinson at times can sound like mm-hmm. Picaro yep. and fool mm-hmm.
1: Um Phantom of the Footlights, though, there's another one. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah, check yeah. out that. That's a real slow shuffle. I'll dig that one, though. Now, who's playing on that? I, it wasn't a name that I recognized. Okay. Not one of these
0: cats. So. All right. It definitely sounds like though that yeah. sound, though, for sure.
1: But as we pointed out earlier, though, the guitar player, particularly when they're doing those snappy palm mutes that we described, they can be such an essential part of the groove as well. And I, I think we found it. I, it's funny. We put together this list, and I sent a note to you. said, so we need to find some songs where the guitar is showing a great example of how that snappy stuff feels in a mm-hmm. shuffle. And I think I found the perfect one uh, because I'm going to play. This one has two different snappy guitar parts, one in the left channel, one in the right channel, playing off of each other. And, of course, Jeff Porcaro on drums laying down his beat, and that's Michael Jackson's The Girl Is Mine. <laughs>
0: Yeah, which it's funny, because I never, A, back in the day, I didn't really like that song, not that yeah. album. B, when I first started getting into Yacht Rock, and I saw this song pop up, it was so out of context for me. I'm like, my, the Thriller album does not sound Yachty, but now, like, that song is super Yachty, especially when you dissect the elements, and you hear the, what, there's two palm mutes going on? Two, a left and a right. So they pan one left, one right, are they both, are they Lucaser? Uh, well, we've
1: got Procaro and drums, as I said, and we have, I don't know which one's left and right, but we've got Lukather on one side and Dean Parks on the other. They sound very similar
0: when we do this. So then you added something to the list. Well, the first song that came to mind, which course, was, it was a Bill of Bounty song. Of course. But I, listen to how this song enters Yep. And going back to what I said about interesting drum beats Now we haven't even heard the shuffle yet But we're going to go into a shuffle Listen to the way it's Picaro. Yep. Um The song is Look Who's Lonely Now And then listen to how it then kicks into this awesome palm mute Hit it
1: Well, you're going to like this. I already do. Well, I, I looked up the personnel. Okay. So, as we said, the girl is mine. Percaro on drums. Lukather on guitar. Dean Parks on guitar. Look who's lonely now. Percaro on drums. Lukather on guitar. Dean Parks on guitar. Oh, really? Identical personnel. Well, that's funny because that was the first
0: song that came to my mind. And, and the c- first that came to my mind. That's interesting. Completely unplanned, yeah. Similar, though, uh, as they say <laughs> in certain parts of the country. Very similar sound. Yes. Groove-wise, anyways, yes. which is what we're talking yes. about today. Wow.
1: Mm. Very interesting. Well, and there you go. That is, you put it all together. Well, we want to talk about putting it all together. Yeah. We have a, a short list of songs here, too, that have both the straight, the full tempo oh, shuffle, yeah. and then they have halftime shuffle in the same song. Yes. So here's yep. a, a good example. Michael McDonald. Uh from his second solo album, Any Foolish Thing, starts off as a halftime shuffle and for the chorus goes to a regular shuffle. I can't
0: take chances. You
1: Same is true Any on Smoke from a Distant Fire. Mm hmm. Found that right. one. Yep.
0: You left me here on your way to paradise
1: You pulled the rug right out from under my
0: life I know where you go to, I knew when you came home last
1: night uh, It doesn't matter whether you go for Diana Ross or Helen Reddy, let's go up.
0: And we've joked about this, um, I think it was Let's Go Up, that we like the part where it's a yeah. halftime shuffle, and then the minute it goes to a full-time, we're like, eh, I yeah. lost it." Same with <laughs> any
1: foolish thing. I asked you that question. I said, does yeah. it lose the yacht feel as soon as it jumps? And you're like, yeah, it kind of does, mostly because we both aren't fond of the shuffle, which is kind of, I don't know
0: why that is. Why anybody would not be fond of a certain beat, I don't know. But <laughs> It just reminds me, and this goes back to when we, Dissected the Boss Gags album like there's a certain brand of classic rock, bar rock. what we talked yes. at the beginning, yep. right? That right. just is like it's too basic yep. for me. I agree, and so but what's, what's so interesting is again just halftime it up, and now it becomes something totally different and something so much more interesting. It is the essence of smooth, as you say, yes, the class of good swing music, but done laid back halftime. Yes, well, maybe that's a good time to take a halftime break. <laughs> And we'll come back for the lightning round. Now, we're actually going into the fourth quarter. Ah, yes. Lightning round. Do you got nothing but halftime shuffles in your lightning round? I have no halftime shuffles. I don't think I do either, but going back to what I said earlier is that I've got some songs that are either... I don't think they're even halftime, but they're sort of mid-tempo. Okay. And so they feel super yachty to me anyway. But you want to go first, or do you want me to lay one on you?
1: Yeah, because mine isn't a directly uh, where I'm asking you about a specific song to uh, to play and, and let you hear. This is more of a—I uh, just have to put the question out there because I don't know how to categorize it. So we've talked a lot about Little River Band. It came up, I remember, in the tournament when we were talking about uh, Lonesome Loser. Mm-hmm heard of him, and <laughs> yes, he keeps on trying mm-hmm. that is it you know the question is it he got rock song is not you know we all have our different feeling on that, but I looked up here here's some some of the scoring that was done for little river band Mm.
0: for this all particular right. song
1: Lonesome loser Lonesome loser okay. was not scored, okay, but I think we can interpolate from here, mm-hmm. so we all know reminiscent has a high score, so that's that, that's pretty obvious from the tune yep um. It's a long way there, which we talked about once. Only a 22, but that's a bit of a different song. Lady, 25 and a half, but again, a ballad. Mm -hmm. Uh, Cool Change, I think, is underrated at 30.5, but again, the ballad nature of it takes it. But the closest, probably, in proximity to Lonesome Loser would be Take It Easy on Me. Right?
0: Yep. Similar
1: tempo, similar kind of feel. 33.75. Wow. So... If we were to glean from that that lonesome loser would probably somewhere in the
0: thirty to thirty five area, how do you feel about that? Are you comfortable with that rating? mm I would put it higher. I mean I've told you at the from the get go though this feels more like classic rock than yacht rock yes, to me. but i still it to me it's way closer um, would you put
1: uh take it easy on me higher than the thirty whatever, yeah but
0: still not above fifty I okay. don't think
1: I wouldn't either. And I think these are probably reasonable. I'd love to be able to say Lonesome Loser Belongs. Me too. Uh, But the more and more I dig deeper, the more and more I fine-tune my sense of
0: it down. In Um, a lot of mine is through the prism of what we just talked about today. Does it have those basic elements? Yeah. To to be, again, I keep calling it pure uncut yacht rock. Yes. But not every song has to be pure uncut yacht rock to be on my list either. Correct. 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 Which brings us to an interesting Does It Float Your Boat? Yes. Because this song ended up with a fifty. So it's right on the border. So do I get to be the tie-breaking vote? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I guess so. Why not? I want to be. We've talked about the song, but I don't think ever on the podcast. So I want to get your take. Does it float your boat? I don't think it floats your boat, but... Don't tell me what I think. All right, I'm saying I don't think it floats your boat. Don't tell me you think you know what I think. Don't tell me not to tell you what to think. Wait. (laughs) Anyways, Falling for a Funny One, Eye to Eye. (laughs) So a rating of 50 for that, right? Yep. Again, going back to the theme of the day, there's no shuffle in there, but it's definitely mid-tempo. No bounce. Does 50 mean you're on the boat or does it just mean you're like hanging
1: on to the rail or I something? think you're on the boat at 50. It yeah, no. okay. doesn't feel like it to me. No, really. doesn't feel like it to me. Are Is it to you? Influenced by personnel,
0: produced by Gary Katz. I'm not influenced by personnel. To me, it's a symptom, not a... Allow me to continue. Okay. <laughs> Donald Fagan on keyboards. Yeah. Larry Carlton on guitar, including that solo work. Uh, Chuck Finley. Steve Lukather does also some guitar solos and guitar. Jerry Hay. The reason I'm bringing all this up is because I'm surprised at how much personnel is on that baby.
1: Well, I'm sure that's why they gave it a 50.
0: Probably. I, I know that they dig
1: into that, but it doesn't have the sound at all to me. It feels a little more almost like uh New Wave meets Alan Parsons' area. It's kind Quarter of... flash
0: ish yeah that, yeah. that maybe is a better example. Yep. Yes. Uh, yeah. I think I agree. Um, yeah, I'd give it... I'd keep it at 50, though. It's like I'm not enough to, you know, say all in on it, but I agree. It's, it's got to right. be a All right. So let me swing back at you here with a uh, Buried Treasure. Buried Treasure. This is... I've had this uh, sitting here for a while. Now, this is a tune I don't think has shuffle. You tell me. If there's any shuffle in this I don't think so But I've had the song forever I've been waiting to bring it out It's a buried treasure And then somebody beat me to it I think it was Mead or something (laughs) Just like two weeks ago As we were doing the tournament So I couldn't get to it Tune is uh, You Made a Fool By Sherbet
1: Well, it sure starts off with that sax, but uh, in, in the context of halftime shuffle, this is one that ha- does have some mixed messages going on. <laughs> <there>. the, <laughs> the drummer is playing fairly straight. The sax player is not. The guitar player is not. They've got a little bit of swing going. Not shuffling. The bass player does but, a
0: little bit at the beginning, too. Yeah. It then goes into a more of a straight. So, yeah. but that has some feel of yacht rock to me. Oh, yeah. I love I mean, that! I too. know that's not what you're asking. What's well, yes. called? You made a fool, so we don't right. even have to debate it. Yeah, you get fifty points just for that, and it's in era. So, you yeah. know, cool, good tune though. So, whoever beat me to the punch, uh, identify yourself on Facebook and take the uh, shame that is owed to you. What do you got for <laughs> a? Uh, <laughs> what do you got for buried treasure? I have a George Benson song. Ooh, there's a buried
1: treasure? Yeah, it's kind of gone outside of the era, uh. but um, it's pretty good in terms of uh, personnel. It's, it's produced by Russ so, uh, but it's written by James Newton Howard and Steve Lukather. It has mm. echoes of Turn Your Love Around. kind of has a little bit of that vibe going on. It is 1985. It is drum machine, but everything else about it is fully yacht, in my opinion, outside of the drum machine. And it's called Please Don't Walk Away.
0: I don't even know that song. I didn't really either until I just kind of went through a
1: George Benson phase. But, uh, That's e- a good phase. I guess even Lukather can reuse some ideas. D- yeah, well, <laughs> you
0: did hear a little Turn Your Love Around you did. in there. You do. Uh, yep. Very good. Well, I guess you can uh, take us to off the map. I will take us off the map. Uh, generally,
1: just keep a running list of stuff that strikes me when I hear it. And I didn't have any notation next to where I found this one, so I have no idea where I found this. Uh, it probably came up in a... Stream of uh, maybe after I let something run like some Young Gun Silver Fox or mm-hmm. something like that because this is modern. This is from a guy named Stefan Morrison. This is from 2018. The album is called Moving On, and it is co-written by Andy Platts of Young Gun Silver Fox. Uh. Yeah, this is called Old Enough to Know Better. Oh. I'm not saying it's a yacht rock tune, but it is a modern tune that has some yacht rock elements. It would sound good in a mix of uh, other yacht rock music, which is what our off the map is. Right. Something we're not declaring it yacht, but. Uh, oh, I dig that tune for yeah. sure. Big voice, sure. husky kind of
0: yeah. thing. Yeah. And you said that was co-written by... Is Andy it the, Platts. Is yeah. he Who the young the gun young or gun. the silver fox? He would be the young gun. Okay. Yeah, cool. Not that I'm saying the guy's a silver fox. I just need to... Just a fox. Right. Let's move along. Mm. All right. Well, for my off the map, I am going to go in a similar, or as we said, similar... Well said. Vein. I'm going to fast forward to the year 2004... Oh, uh, a band called Simply Red, which I'm sure you know. Yep, yep. Well, they had a sort of yachty sounding album cover uh title, Sunrise in mm. 2004, All right. and the title track is Sunrise. So, I don't know if you remember listener Jason who I made do. us aware of those Yep, yep. like modern dance remixes of old tunes, yacht rock tunes from the late 70s, early 80s. Some mm-hmm, of it wasn't even mm-hmm. yacht rock, but right. um he put me onto this song which you're gonna notice they clearly sample a song from the era that is NyaT, I believe but you, you'll recognize what it is okay but listen for when it gets to the chorus are they purposefully evoking another yacht rock tune what do you recognize do you hear it? let's play it and then I'm gonna ask you if, if I'm just hearing things or if this was intentional okay so here's sunrise by simply red Well, I clearly hear that I can't go for that sample. Oh, yeah, sample. yeah, yeah. But what else do you hear? Are you hearing what I'm hearing there? Uh, yeah, uh, I think I'm hearing
1: um, on the chorus, I'm hearing Ace, How Long. And um, as, as I was playing, I'm looking it up here on Wikipedia, and uh, the song kind of got panned for that, I guess, mm. because they did credit uh, Sarah Allen and um, Daryl Hall for having written I can't go for that initially that they okay. sample but no mention in the credits of anything for Ace for songwriting. So that's uh it's, a, it's kind of shoddy work, you know, we always rip on the uh the hip hop stuff for kind of just grabbing someone else's bit and singing over it mm-hmm. or rapping over it and it's kind of the same sort of shoddy work but uh anyway <sighs> So just a quick recap, we were talking about how the shuffle goes together, right? Then it's got that, that feel.
0: I'm not sure, I wasn't really listening. Dink did
1: dink did dink d dink? The dink da dink da dink 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 ahoy piloy. <laughs>